Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. My name is Jesse Romero. I am the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady. My partner Terry's out doing some apostolic work, but uh, this is the holy hour of power. We're here every single day. We promise you that this hour will not be low-energy Catholic radio. Nope, Jeb Bush does not work here. We're two Catholics with a PhD in common sense, and we engage the culture of death with prayer, fasting, and full-contact Catholicism. We've got an exciting guest today on the second segment. I've got Father Ken Garassi. Uh, I love this this order of priests. They've done so much for my for my um, walk with the Lord. They've done uh, a lot for my intellectual formation into the Catholic faith, the Fathers of Mercy. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to have Father Ken coming up in the second segment talking about his new book, Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy. But before we bring him on, I just want to mention that the month of August is dedicated to the month to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The Immaculate Heart of Mary oftentimes is venerated together with the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which was the devotion that we celebrated in June, uh, and with good reason, because you cannot separate our Lord and Our Lady. You cannot separate the Sacred Heart from the Immaculate Heart. And uh, just, as, uh, just as the Sacred Heart represents Christ's love for mankind, the Immaculate Heart of Mary represents the desire of the Blessed Virgin Mary to bring all people to her Son. Before I go into the gospel of the day, I just want to mention just a couple of things that are happening out there in our culture, in our country. Did you know that New York City is allowing mosques to publicly broadcast Muslim call to prayer without permits, despite noise restrictions in neighborhoods? I'm just asking the question, do you think Catholics would be allowed, I don't know, in New York City <clears throat> to go out to the streets in public at 6, 12, and 6 and ring the bells in every single church in New York and the Catholics in public start doing the uh, the Angelus? Do you think that would happen? Well, New York is allowing now the, uh, the call to prayer. It's going to be broadcast during sunset prayers during the entire month of Ramadan and it won't surprise me if New York allows us to happen uh, just perennially. Also, here's something else that people need to know. The Biden regime is seeking additional funding for, the new, for, the, for a new COVID-19 vaccine. He says this vaccine works. And Joe Biden has warned everybody, everybody will get the vaccine no matter, where, no matter whether they've gotten it before or not. So to me, I don't know, it sounds like a, uh, uh, this doesn't sound like a presidential statement. This is, sounds like something a tyrant, a dictator would say that everybody in the United States, whether you've received it or not, will, no matter what, you will get the vaccine. Uh, so we got to stay tuned because again, there's going to be huge pushback from Catholics and even Protestants and people of goodwill because we're sick and tired of being made fools of. Also on the news, Vivek Raswami, uh, he's a really good debater. I was pretty impressed with him. But something that people don't know about him that I just discovered, this young man that's running for the Republican Party as one of the, as one of the candidates for president, Vivek Raswami's voting record shows, guess what? He's not a registered Republican. And... He actually donated to an anti-Trump Democratic candidate back in 2016. So 
Uh, there's something brewing with this young man here. I'm not sure if I fully trust him. Also, moving on to the culture, more of the cultural issues. Music legend Carlos Santana, who it looks like the last couple of years he's had a, a reversion back to his Catholic faith. He speaks out against transgender ideology during one of his concerts. He said during one of his concerts, quote, a woman is a woman and a man is a man. And so I'm sure uh, uh, music legend Carlos Santana will take some flack from the left for that. Also, an- another bit of good news here. Somebody else, another cultural icon who's kind of moving towards Christianity as well. Rock legend Alice Cooper condemns fad of indulging children in transgenderism. Alice Cooper was a <clears throat> very famous for heavy metal music, hard rock music, uh, and and he was probably part of the occult once once upon a time, based on some of the things that he used to do on stage in his performances. But it looks like he's discovering Jesus Christ, and he's making some statements that shows that he's on a journey towards Christ. And again, he contempt he condemns the fad of indulging children in transgenderism. And finally. Did you know that two or, th- or of three voters, two of every three American voters do not support biological males playing female sports? Most Americans do not support biological men who identify as transgender being allowed to play female sports. All right. <clears throat> now let's go to the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today at Holy Mass... The gospel that was proclaimed is Matthew chapter 23, verses 27 to 32. And it says, Jesus said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which appear beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of dead men's bones and every kind of filth. Even so, on the outside you appear righteous, but inside you are filled with hypocrisy and evil doing. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the memorials of the righteous, and you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have joined them in shedding the prophets' blood. Thus, you bear witness against yourselves that you are the children of those who murder the prophets. Now fill up what your ancestors measured out. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So our Lord... In Matthew chapter 23, he issues this, he issues actually seven, when you read the entire chapter, seven seven woes or seven uh, woe pronouncements to the religious leaders of his day. Now, a woe, it's an exclamation of grief, similar to what is expressed in modern day English, the word alas, in pronouncing woes. But Jesus is also, woe also means in Hebrew, Jesus was prophesying judgment on the religious elite of his day who were guilty of hypocrisy and sundry and other sins. In fact, if you look at Strong's Greek New Testament Dictionary, it says that woe is a curse, a malediction. And so our Lord, as Dr. Scott Hahn says, was was leveling a covenant curse upon the hypocrites, the the religious establishment of his day who were thoroughly hypocrites. Now, I'm just thinking out loud here. I wonder what our Lord Jesus Christ would say today, our Lord and Savior, uh, to some of the uh, bishops over in Germany. 
I wonder what he would say to some of them regarding the, the synod unsynodality. I believe our Lord would say the same thing he said to the, the scribes and Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23. Also, the word hypocrite, very interesting when our Lord calls them hypocrites. The word hypocrite means in Greek, it means an actor, a pretender, a stage player. That's what the word hypocrite means. In other words, Jesus Christ is telling the Pharisees and Sadducees, you guys are playing religion, but it's not in your heart. It's not actually something that's, that's in your soul. You're faking it. You're pretenders. And again, there are, those, there are those today, I mean, lay people and clergy. We can fall into hypocrisy. Thanks be to God. That's why we have the sacrament of confession. And again, this is just a good thing for us to meditate on. Ask yourself, are you a hypocrite? Are you just pretending to be a Catholic Christian like some people in the White House? No, get right with God. Work on your interior life. Remember for us as Catholics, someday we're all going to die, brother. Someday you're all going to die, bro. Every one of us. Your heart's going to stop. We're all going to die. And then where are you going to go? Here's the bottom line to my rhyme. Give your life to Jesus today. Live in a state of grace while you still have time. Because nobody is assured that they're going to wake up tomorrow morning. Tomorrow's not assured to anybody. And also remember that what you do in this lifetime will echo in eternity. So prepare yourselves by becoming the best version of yourself. Prepare yourselves for glory. And remember, the motto of this show is get holy or die trying. Well, up next we're going to have Father Ken Grassi. He wrote a book. It's called Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy. You can pick up the book from 10, 10 10books.com, 10books.com. That's one of the publishers that you can really trust these days. And, uh, and, And again, the Fathers of Mercy, these guys are an order of priests that if you want a parish mission, if you want the truth to be proclaimed and not some false, uh, some false woke uh, uh, gospel, invite the Fathers of Mercy to your parish. These guys are the cream of the crop that we have in the Catholic Church. And uh, ever since I've known them for about the last 20, 25 years, these guys, they bring the heat. When you invite them to a parish mission, you're going to walk out. You're going to say, I better get my hips to confession. And you're going to take your faith very seriously because you know what? These men preach death judgment heaven and hell and so up next we're gonna have father ken grassi gotta you know i want to talk to him about his book a series of questions i want to have him i haven't talked to him in a while so it'll be a good time for us to reconnect it's been a while since i've seen him i saw him at a conference a while back ago uh in texas along with father donald calloway and so uh listen and tune in i'm going to reconnect with my good friend father ken grassi i'm going to be asking him questions about his book but meanwhile get his book 10books.com, the name of the book is Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy. <laughs> Talk about an appropriate book for our time. Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy. We'll be right back. Stick around. We're back to Terry and Jesse's show. Father Ken, it's good to see you. I haven't seen you in a long time. Welcome to the show, my friend. It's been quite a while. How have you been, Jesse? 
I've been out there just uh, doing my thing, preaching the gospel, trying to save so, trying to help people love God, save souls, and slay air, just like you're trying to do. Hey, let's, let's just wake up every day we go to work. That's, That's right. Roll up your sleeves, or as our Lord says, put your hand to the plow and don't look back. Amen. Hey, that, Father, brother. so praise the Lord. You, uh, you know, the divine mercy is a powerful devotion that has taken the church. Uh, every serious Catholic that I know is, is uh, you know, dedicated to that prayer every day around three o'clock. And the fact is, I like the fact that you've written a book where you show that there's a spiritual aspect, a spiritual warfare aspect to the divine mercy. It just isn't this like, you know, God is love, you know, and, and it's all this, you know, just squishy stuff and, and, uh, you know, it, all, just all this, uh, emotion. No, you've actually said that there's, there's a spiritual warfare component. This is why God gave us the divine mercy. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. When you pick up the divine mercy, you're going to bring violence against the kingdom of darkness. Mm. So father, you've been preaching around the country. What, what inspired you to write this book with that title for such a time as this? Well, because it's the battle that we find ourselves in. It's the place that we are at. Uh, if, if you don't think uh, that we are in the midst of not only war, but a spiritual war, um, you're delusion. Uh, it, it, it's just, it's just a, the reality of where we are at. If you don't think this is war, I don't know what is. Um, the, the second part is, is that there are so many Catholics, specifically are the good faithful ones, that are working from a place of muscle memory and cultural Catholicism. That's not a bad thing. But, but the more intentional that we can pray something, the more fruit that we'll get out of it. Our Lord never said, uh, the prayer that you said made you well. He said, it's your faith that has made you well. And so if we can take a prayer and say it with the one that we already do well, but elevate it, say it with more faith, get more deeply into it so that the graces that God wants to give us will become more abundant. It's taking a two inch hole and making a six inch hole and then letting those graces come through it more powerfully. I love it. I love it. Father, no, no need to tell you because you're just uh, as well aware as I am about the culture war, the spiritual war that we find ourselves in. Uh, the, the the Marxist uh, ideology that's being pushed upon us. It, it's like of the Catholic Church. We're in the fight of our life right now, and so and, and so for, for I guess for those reasons and probably others. But I want to hear from you. Why is it that spiritual warfare is such a hot topic these days, and everybody's talking about it, and everybody wants to know how to properly engage in it as a Catholic? You know, I think about Hoist Gracie. I don't know if you, anyone's jujitsu oh, people yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Hoist Gracie, you know, you would see him get clobbered by this guy. Like this big, huge, giant man would be on top of him. And Hoist Gracie from the bottom, what looked like a he had the submissive position, he would come from the bottom and dominate from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, this big dude is tapping out. And when you look at where we're at with the faith, Um, We have members of the church who are more in love with their position within the church or the idea of church than they are with the teachings of Jesus Christ. And they're approaching it from this perspective that if we come up with new pastoral ways to make the world like us, then more people will join us. And and this is a real challenge. And And so we have this behemoth that is laying on top of us. And I feel crushed. I'm I, I, here. I am, just a lowly priest out there, just trying to find a soul to save. 
And I feel like I'm being undermined around every corner. But what I know is that 80% of my success as a priest comes from my prayer life. And so if I can dig in and get deeper and stronger and harder and, and just, just come at it each day with greater faith and intentionality, I know that, that I don't have to do more. I just have to love Christ more in those little things that I do. And it's going to cause this turn. The big guy on top is going to tap out. I like that. Uh, that I mean, I think every I think the the picture that you just painted right now is uh, I think every man can wrap their mind around that picture. That's absolutely. <clears throat> you know, and, and you know what I call prayers too. Sometimes, Father, you know, I I just chew the fat with the other guys, and sometimes we re, I refer to prayer when I talk to other guys as I call it smash mouth Catholicism, and I say that because sometimes guys will say. Man, it's hard. It's it's boring. I get tired. I get distracted. And I say, you know what? Vince Lombardi used to tell his team, his, his one of the greatest football coaches ever, and he's a daily mass attending Catholic, by the way. He used to tell his, his team players, I want you to go out there and practice smash mouth football. And they say, so what's smash mouth football, coach? He goes, be aggressive, hit hard, be first, be strong, be tough, be barbaric. And just grind it out one yard, two yards, three yards. I'm not looking for an 100 yard, you know, field, uh, you know, uh, uh, wide receiver. I'm looking for just grind it out one yard, two yards, one yard, three yards. And that's, I tell guys, bro, this is what our prayer like is like, okay? Don't sit there and act like a womb, a, a chick and say, oh, I don't feel good, so I can't pray. It's not meant to feel good. We're my, it's, it's football. It's smash mouth Catholicism. Grind it out. But I'll tell you what's coming out of a man's mouth. The Bible calls our prayers arrows in the book of Psalms. Arrows. I tell guys, dude, you got to become an archer for your family. How do you like that, Father? <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's great. You know, and it's, and it's the love that we bring to it. You know, you're, you're talking about having this dedication, this grit that, that society is trying to strip men of. Men are being emascul- emasculated around every corner. And so for us to, to take this warrior mentality seriously, yes. but, but uh, as you were talking, you know what scene came to me from a movie? It was the very end of Schindler's List. Mm. where Schindler was looking at all of these people. They, they gave him the list of all the people that he saved. And then he looked and he had a ring on his finger. He's like, that, that could have bought two more. And then my glasses, if I would have given up my glasses, I could have gotten one more. And he was never satisfied with what he accomplished, but rather he wanted to, was willing and desired the sacrifice to give one more, to get one more soul. And when we look at our families, when we look at our children, when we look at our parents, our great, you know, everyone has a family that is fractured by sin. How can we be willing to wake up every day in the sacrifice and the fight, but do it from a place of love that if I could just love that much more deeply, how much more would the world change? Amen. Amen. Father Hawkins, people get your book. Where do they go to? Tanbooks.com, right? Uh, oh, Tanbucks.com. It's going to be on Amazon here. It gets released September 12th. And it's a it's a phenomenal book, in, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not a reader. I, I, my best friend said I've officially written more books than I've read. Um, <laughs> so he's a good joke. Um, but this is written for the everyday person because um, 
it, I just want you to be able to get into not only recognize the fight, but give you the tools, give you the how to execute on this so that it's not overwhelming. It's, it's very obtainable, very simple. It's taking, you know, a divine mercy image and learning how to use that from spiritual warfare, taking the feast of divine mercy, recognizing the power that comes with that. But then the chaplet, the, I, I, I promise you, if you only read one part of that, read that part on the chaplet. I remember being with you and, and your wife, and I can't remember if it was Jose and his wife. We were going to the barbecue, and I was describing to you guys how the Divine Mercy Chaplet is an extension of the liturgy of the Eucharist, oh, yeah. and your minds were blown. I remember. Yeah, I remember that conversation. Uh, yep. There's some conversations you never forget. Father, why do you feel that spiritual warfare uh, has been so overlooked today or these days? It, I just think that there is a, uh, a desire to be liked by the world. There is a desire to conform ourselves to the world, thinking that if we just become friends, that we become inviting. Um, it's the world will, will then accept us back and have us back. It, you know, this whole statement that there is no salvation outside of the church needs to be articulated in a very charitable, very opening, loving, welcoming way. But, but you can't get to heaven by being a good fornicator or adulterer. <laughs> some, some modernists in our church, they actually believe that, Father, but uh, we know yep. they're wrong. Hey, let me ask you a question. So in chapter, uh, you make a bold claim in chapter four that the yep. divine mercy is a devotion like no other. Uh, can you tell us more about that? That's a bold claim. Yep. It's a bold claim. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that. I'm actually leveraging the words of St. John Paul the Great. Uh, he, he, when he references the divine mercy in St. Faustina, he elevates St. Faustina in his language to that, not just of a private revelation, but that of a prophetess. Wow. That she speaks with the words of a prophet. Now, remember when we talk about prophecy, there's two dimensions of prophecy. There's the ordinary and extraordinary. The ordinary dimension, I'm sorry, the extraordinary dimension of prophecy is future telling events, right? The end of the world will come. Faustina does that. But the ordinary dimension of prophecy that we all have as being uh, anointed priest, prophet, and king at our baptism is foretelling, speaking out on behalf of Jesus Christ. And so when you look at what you are doing here at the beginning of the show, you are exercising your gift of prophecy to to speak out on behalf of Christ. And so John Paul II elevates Faustina, not from just private revelation, but to a prophetess, because our Lord refers to her as his secretary of divine mercy that has a specific job to prepare the world for his second coming. So this is why that I, I take that and say this is a, a devotion like no other. It, it's it's private revelation. You don't have to believe it. But but. I will go so far as to say, if you don't, you, you, this is this is huge. It's not an opportunity you're missing out. I think it's foolish to overlook. Absolutely, because uh, the the word mercy, I mean, even King David uses it like 26 times in one of the Psalms, Psalm 136, I think. Uh, it, it's it's the it's the overarching theme of the Old Testament, uh, yeah. the the mercy of God. In fact, the first person to preach the mercy of God was Our Lady in the Magnificat. She mentions it twice. So when it comes to the Feast of Divine Mercy and the special grace associated, why is there so much confusion? 
So many priests want to water down the, the words of Jesus in the Divine Mercy Diary and say, listen, he's describing a plenary indulgence. If you go to confession and receive Holy Communion, you're going to receive a plenary indulgence. Now, there are multiple plenary indulgences that can be received by praying the Divine Mercy Novena, by attending a Divine Mercy Celebration. There is a plenary indulgence available under the normal conditions, right? You pray for the Pope, you're not attached, you receive communion, gone to confession, right? That's the requirements for a plenary indulgence. But our Lord himself says in 699 of the diary that on that day, Divine Mercy Sunday, for the soul that has gone to confession and received Holy Communion, they will receive the total renewal of their baptismal graces. Right, The total remission of temporal punishment due to sin and the total cleansing of their soul. Forgiveness of all of these things. Father, hold that thought. Hold that thought. We're going to a hard break. Hold that thought. Terry and Jesse show we've got Father Garassi here talking about his book, Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy, tanbooks.com. Pick up the book. We'll continue this conversation on the other side. We're back to Terry and Jesse's show. We're like a lighthouse amidst the gathering storm, and we're here to put the spotlight of truth upon the culture of death. We've got Father Ken Garassi here from the Fathers of Mercy, and we're talking about his new book, Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy. You can get it from tanbooks.com. Tanbooks.com. Uh, if you ever want some power preaching in your parish, uh, contact the Fathers of Mercy and get any one of them, Father Ken or any one of his brother priests, these guys bring the heat when they come and do a parish mission. Father, you were talking about, uh, repeat what you were saying, because we got hit with a hard break, about yeah, no the worries. peace of the divine mercy and the special grace associated with it. Again, unravel the confusion. For the soul that has gone to confession and receives Holy Communion will receive the total forgiveness of all temporal punishment due to sin, and all of their purgatory time is wiped out. This is equivocal to the renewal of your baptismal graces. Wow. So that says so it all. Th- this, is what, this is what blows my mind is that can you, Jesse, can you imagine a parish that took this seriously and they got 90% of their entire congregation to go to confession and receive Holy Communion in the state of grace on Divine Mercy Sunday? Can you imagine? How Satan in that entire geography would be blinded. The brightness of how their souls would glow. Oh, yeah. And, and there'd be no room for evil. Wow. Uh, you just you just gave me an intellectual charty horse with what you just said. Father, you also say that you also say that the heart of this book is chapter six on the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Why is this so important to you and to the church at this time in history? Yeah, our, our Lord gives us, he tells us that this message is a message for the end times. And again, you know, whether that happens tomorrow, 10 years, 50 years, 100 years from now, it doesn't matter. To be prepared, each one of us will face God on our own. And our Lord says, for the soul that prays the divine mercy one time will not be lost. Now, I take this a step further. I show that the Divine Mercy Chaplet is an extension of the liturgy of the Eucharist. Now, this is not unique to me. Uh, Vinnie Flynn, the Callaways, the MICs, there's several people who speak about this. 
But I was just at a conference with 1,400 people, and I asked people to raise their hands. How many people have heard as a chaplet as an extension of the liturgy of the Eucharist? And only about 50 people raised their hand. And I think they were at one of my previous talks. So hmm. um, I don't think anyone knows this. And so the chaplet is different than the rosary because a rosary is the meditation on the mysteries of Christ. But the chaplet is an action. And so you have to see yourself standing before God the Father offering you know, your hands out and offering, and you're offering him the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, which is found in the Eucharist. The Eucharist is from the Mass, specifically the great doxology. The Mass is the representation of Calvary. And so when you pray the chaplet, you are making present the graces of Calvary, of the Eucharist, for yourself, your intention, and the place that you find yourself praying. So this is why I'm saying that this is so vitally important because most people say it, but they don't enter into it. They don't see themselves being there at Calvary. They don't see themselves standing before God the Father, looking at the Father with love and seeing the Father who is rightfully angry because of sins of mankind. But when they're there with the body of Christ offering Jesus to him, how, how his wreck melts away. And love and mercy is the response of the heart of the Father towards mankind. That is absolutely jaw-dropping. That's beautiful. Uh, just for what he said the last two minutes, it's worth getting the book. Get the book. It's called Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy, 10books.com. Get the book, and you'll hear much more uh, theology for the soul, for the interior life from uh from father ken grassi from the book that he just wrote here's another question that a lot of catholics have father tell us about the distinction or maybe the complementarity between the divine mercy chaplet and the holy rosary are they at odds with each other or do they complement each other no they complement each other very much you know, one of the beautiful things is that when we look at the rosary, it's a meditation on the life of Christ. And we've just described the chaplet as an action, the offering of Calvary. And so when you look at the mass itself, the mass is comprised of two parts, right? The liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the Eucharist. The liturgy of the word is, again, a journey through the life of Christ, through the readings, through the intercessions, through the homily given, right? But then the liturgy of the Eucharist, is the offering, the representation of the sacrifice of Calvary on the altar to God the Father. And so when you pray the, the rosary, it's effectively the liturgy of the Eucharist in an in a extension of that, right? You can look at that as a meditation, as the extension of the liturgy of the Eucharist, while the chaplet is an extension of the liturgy of the Eucharist. So rosary, extension of the liturgy of the word, chaplet, extension of the liturgy of the Eucharist. Ah, that is beautiful. That is absolutely drop-dead beautiful. For, for people just tuning in right now, Father, say that one more time. That's worth saying one more time. Most certainly. The rosary, when we look at that as a meditation, as a journey with the life of Christ, the rosary can be considered an extension of the liturgy of the word of the Mass, while the liturgy of the Eucharist, again, the offering, the representation of Calvary, Again, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, that's what we do when we pray the Chaplet. We enter into that Liturgy of the Eucharist, Calvary, and so the Chaplet of Divine Mercy is an extension of that. Wow, so really, I, I, what I hear you saying is that 
even in our devotions, the Holy Rosary, the culmination of the Holy Rosary is leading us to the to the chaplet of the divine mercy. In other words, John chapter two, verse five, do our lady says, do whatever he tells you to do. So <laughs> I, I, I think I kind of hear you making the claim that the chaplet is more powerful than the rosary. Am I misinterpreting you? No, I actually say that in the book. And uh, and I ask people to be patient with me with that because you have to break this down. I mean, when you look at every major crisis in the world in the last 500 years, it was the rosary that turned the tide, right? From Lepanto all the way up into these Marxist revolutions in these communist countries. Every time there's a rosary crusade, things are brought around. But when we look at the chaplet, as we said, it's an extension of the liturgy of the Eucharist. It's the offering, the entering into that great doxology, entering into Calvary. And so we're saying that my claim is that the chaplet of divine mercy is more powerful. It is the most powerful prayer we have in the church with the exception of the holy sacrifice of the mass because it draws its graces directly from the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on Calvary, and it acts as an icon. It makes present all of those graces from Calvary when you pray it. Well, Father, that makes sense theologically, because again, Our Lady is, she says it in John chapter 2, verse 5. She says, do whatever he tells you. She's like the pointer, uh, and Christ is the prize. I mean, Our Lady is is the signpost. She's, She's the moon, and Christ is the sun. So, uh, yeah, theologically, I'm, I'm tracking with what you're saying here. Let me ask you another question. Praying the Mass, what is our intention supposed to be when we go to Holy Mass, and how does that relate to the divine mercy? Yeah, so many people, and I love hearing it when someone comes to me and says, Father, I can't wait to go to Mass to receive Jesus. Like, that's great, but that's an imperfect intention, Right. If you're going to Mass just to receive Jesus, then everything between the sign of the cross at the beginning and reception is just kind of a a bridge to get to what you want. But when we go to Mass, we're there to worship God the Father through the sacrifice of the Son. And so we should be, quote-unquote, disinterested Mm. in what we receive. But if we are focused, hyper-focused, on every response, every prayer we say, everything that we sing— If we are hyper-focused on on seeing God the Father in our mind and speaking to him and engaging him, and we give God the Father our very best all the way up to that great amen at the great doxology, right? Through him, with him, and in him. Um, You give everything. God will not be outdone in generosity. Then he says, I will now feed you with my son. And so if our focus is on God the Father, that offering of the sacrifice versus receiving, It fundamentally changes the way things go. So too with the Divine Mercy Chaplet. The chaplet takes us all the way in from the sacrifice to the offering to the Father. It's only focused on offering ourselves in Christ to the Father. And then we have to be abandoned to all the graces God wants to give us, which is more than our minds could possibly fathom. Father, writing this book, I can tell it probably purified or sharpened or polished your understanding of the power of the mass, right? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. I, I can just see from just the way you're talking, your, uh, your intellect is just, I mean, absolutely sharp on this, on this issue. We got about another minute, father. I got another question. You talk about the fracturing of the host during the Agnes day as an overlooked and missed opportunity during mass. What do you mean by that? 
the the general instruction talks about the fracturing of the host is like the multiplication of the loaves. But this is also analogous to the spear that has pierced the side of Christ and the blood and water gushes forth. St. Bonaventure tells us that the sacraments are born given their power when Christ's side is pierced. So as the priest is fracturing the host, we can see them blood and water gushing forth. Our sacraments being renewed. So one way to pray the fracture is to see all of our family members and friends who have sacraments but don't live them, and that blood and water flowing over them and acting as defibrillator battles, like, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shock those sacraments back into life. But also you and I who are faithful, see your matrimony get stronger. My ordination gets stronger. You know, all of those graces that we received can become renewed in that moment. Good stuff, Father. Wow. Well, people, you, you've listened to Father Ken Grassi the last 30 minutes here. He's got a book. It's What's the title of your book, Father, and how can people obtain it? Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy, uh, sold by Tan. Go to tan.com or find us on Amazon. Uh, if you just Google search my name or Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy, you'll find it at tan.com or popular on Amazon. Well, Father, I'm going to be, trust me, I'm going to be the first one to pick up the book right after this radio show. Good talking to you. We'll see you out there in the field. We'll see you out there in in the combat. God bless you, Father. Keep the faith. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. God bless you and your... Thank you, Father. Up next, we got uh, Update with Church Militant. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Every Wednesday, we have one of our brothers in Christ from Church Militant. Usually, it's Brad Eli. We love Brad on this show. Uh, he puts it out there. He tell, he he brings his A game every week and tells it like it is. Brad, how are you, my friend? Jesse, doing very well. Thank you for having me. So talk to us, my friend. Give us an update on the church news, on politics, and the culture. I can tell you something that somebody just sent me is that uh, former Catholic Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, uh, judge says he's not competent to stand trial in Massachusetts court. I think he's 93 years old now. And so the doctor, I guess they did some type of a, a psychiatrist, did an analysis of him and says that he has uh, Alzheimer's, so he's not going to stand trial. That's my news. What's going on, Brett? Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to be covering that story more in depth, uh, oh, the okay. injustice of it all, uh, tomorrow on the download as well. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're tracking that story. Uh, another story out there, the first lay president of a Catholic, uh, a Jesuit, of course, college, the College of the Holy Cross in Massachusetts there, uh, Vincent Ragu, uh, he's coming out, President Vincent Ragu is coming out of the bishop against Bishop Robert McManus. Uh, uh, of of Matt of uh, Worcester, Worcester, excuse me, Massachusetts, and what Robert McManus has done that ran afoul of the president of, the, of Holy Cross, he says that in his 21 Catholic schools, K through 12, the quote students must conduct themselves according to the manner consistent with their biological sex, and you say, well, that's just common sense. That's not even you know divine positive faith. That's just regular common sense, natural law stuff. Well. The uh, Vincent Ragu says, well, no, that's actually, uh, quote, challenging our deeply held values and targeting specific identities and on and on and on. So according to him, uh, you know, 
the, the McManus shouldn't be standing on the fact that there's two sexes and every student must go ahead and uh, proclaim one or the other and conduct themselves accordingly, meaning going to the same right bathrooms and that accord with their biological sex and all this type of stuff. So that's one of the things, just, just screwbally out there. Why this stuff is tolerated, allowed in the church, you know, I have no idea. Uh, if he had said something, you know, racist, if, if Ragu had said something racist or whatever, he would be pulled out of the college by tomorrow, but he can say some silly stuff about this and, you know, go on forever in there. But Who is, uh, is, is Ragu a professor or a teacher, a Catholic teacher, professor? Is that what he is? Or is he a he's, priest? He's actually the president. He's a, he's a layman. He's a president, the first president of the Jesuit college, uh, Holy Cross, that they've had, his first layman as a president. So he's not a priest or anything, but you think there's some accountability for being a, a, a dingbat, you know. <laughs> so he, he, he's, he's, he's defying the bishop is what he's doing, right, Brad? He's defying the bishop, but he's also defying common sense, you know, common, common natural law that uh, there are, you know, God made them male and female. That's kind of part of scripture right there. And uh, all McManus has said that all you need to do is just, if you're a student, pick one sex or the other, and that's basically your biological sex and stick to it when you go to the bathrooms and all this type of stuff, your pronouns and all that other silly stuff they got going on today. Brad, we have uh, lost, in our country, we have lost our common sense. Common sense is no longer common in America. Oh, yeah, it really should no longer be common sense whatsoever. But yeah, it used to be what just would be common sense, and that's when this country was founded by the, the founding fathers just had common sense. And I would tell, I would say that that common sense was lingering uh, in our, in our uh, Protestant part of the world based on the fact that Catholicism made it common sense. Catholicism for built Western civilization, and it was Catholicism that interpreted natural law, which can no longer be interpreted rightly. You know, Justice Kennedy saying it's up to everybody, you know, in, in Casey uh, versus Planned Parenthood 1991, it's up to everybody to determine their own reality, to live, you know, according to their own truth. So, uh, yeah, common sense is not a common thing whatsoever. Um, Moving on to another story, though, that probably would be, um, you know, some of your viewers out there might be uh, perk up a little bit over. Uh, Pope Francis is visiting Mongolia. It's the first time ever that a president will have visited the country of Mongolia, which was always part of China uh, until the, the, around the World War II there. And with the instigation of, of communist Russia, they broke away and became a satellite, basically, of Russia until about 1990 and they became independent. So they're right between communist China and Russia, and there's a pocket there called Mongolia, and he's going there uh, tomorrow. Well, that's not the biggest news in the world, but on his return flight, uh, he's supposed to be making, uh, not supposed to be, there is talk, this may not be, may not happen, but there is talk that he will be stopping in Moscow to refuel his plane. And when he stops in Moscow to refuel his plane, he'll be meeting the Patriarch Kirill. Uh, once again, that's not a confirmed thing on his itinerary, but there's talk of that. So that could happen as early as Monday on his return flight. Keep your eyes on that. Why do, why do viewers out there uh, that maybe listen to Virgin Most Powerful Radio, some listen to Church Militant, care about that? Because uh, an unapproved apparition still is not a, a wackadoodle thing, but it's still yet to be approved. Uh, uh, Garibandal, Spain, had talked to Conchita, one of the seers there, had talked about a prophecy that the Pope would visit Moscow. I'd be like, wow, okay, well, that came true, which no one, it's never been done before. Wow. So the mm. fact that that was stated in the 60s, 
by someone who's, you know, is still in the, you know, alive and good grace and search and stuff. Whether that happens or not, we'll have to wait to see. If it does happen, uh, does that mean Garibandal's approved? Well, no, but it's an interesting uh, step towards uh, things. And then to follow up on that, to, tick to tickle the ears of the, uh, the viewers out there a little bit more, Conchita also said upon his return from Moscow that hostilities would be breaking out all over Europe. Well, they're already starting to break out, say, in France. Uh, things are getting very bad in France and uh, pro possibly Poland and other places, but maybe Russia will be moving against uh, NATO Europe because NATO, uh, this is part of it's just news, that NATO is saying that they're going to give F-16s to the Ukraine, and that was a red line in the sand for Russia. So maybe that pretext to be used. So lots of things, moving pieces out there. Uh, people need to pray the rosary. Know that God's in charge. If things are, are happening like that, know that God foresaw them. For plan, you know, had a, had a plan in place all the way, and that should give us more comfort, uh, as we know that uh, you know uh, God always sees these things in advance and and has a, the right reasons for them and the right responses to them, and it's all Amen. Down to the gospel and our Lady's Amen. Uh, message. And, and that's why Saint Faustina's uh, chaplet is so important today. Jesus, I trust in you. Catholics should be praying that every day. And say that short ejaculation prayer throughout the day, several times a day. Just stop what you're doing, pause, and say, Jesus, I trust in you. If you don't do that, uh, you know, you can get overly stressed, full of anxiety, depressed. Uh, yeah, you got to disconnect from the world sometimes and just stop and talk to Jesus and say, Jesus, whatever happens, I trust in you. Go ahead. And each of, each of these things, too, should move us towards more of that should get us more responsive to that. Uh, you know, our, our Lady of Fatima was saying that uh, Russia would spread her errors and this type of thing. Uh, we see there, oh, those errors were spread through communist China. Those errors were spread actually all the way up into the White House these days in America. Yep. Yep. Uh, so we, as we see these things start to unfold, you can either get really stressed about it or actually become more in tune with God's plan and actually more spiritual. And that's what he wanted for all of these things anyway, is to, you know, have the tribulations and all that in order to purify us and get us back on track and, and uh, end all this uh, tyranny that's coming from the top down. A hundred percent. Go ahead. Uh, now, we have also a, a shout out to uh, New York uh, Police Department. The NYPD reached out to us yesterday. We're kind of, kind of honored by that, that uh, they'd asked us. They said many followers there of Church Militant with the NYPD. And they wanted us to alert people to pray for a particular member, uh, Deputy Chief Chaplain Monsignor Robert Romano, who is going into heart surgery on Monday. Uh, if, if, if all of your listeners could actually uh, take time to pray between now and Monday, especially if they can on Monday, uh, the chaplet, Divine Mercy, or Rosary, or, or some other prayer, maybe remember Mass or whatnot, uh, Chaplain Monsignor Robert Romano, heart surgery on Monday, and a special uh, ask from the NYPD for prayers for, for him. And we certainly will be doing so at uh, Church Milton here and, and ask others to do likewise. And I would, I would ask anybody listening to this show at 12 noon, uh, do, the, do the Angelus for, what's his name again? What's his name again, Brad? Robert, Robert Romano, Robert Ro Romano. Romano. From the NYPD. Let's let's offer our 12 noon Angelus for Robert Romano from the NYPD. Uh, and that's uh, good for the NYPD to reach out to church militant. That's uh, that's a that's a good gesture. Yeah, that was got, a nice thing. Well, uh, another uh, uh, incident, the 
Pope Francis is asking politicians to live, you know, more uh, uh, Catholic politicians, especially to to follow uh, Catholic social teaching more. Uh, the uh, a group of of uh, political minded uh, people were in Rome meeting over the uh, over about these things about politicians forming more of a Catholic conscience and living according to that Catholic conscience. The Pope was underlining that. That was a good thing. Uh, of course, the Pope also kind of threw in a little bit about climate change and all this type of stuff, which um, unfortunately would be nicer if he would have said more about, you know, the, the core issues of, uh, you know, the intrinsic evils out there of abortion and, and contraception and same-sex marriage and all these type of things. Um, so, at least it's, it's, it's something uh, out there where the Pope is, you know, giving a nod that, yes, you should follow, if you're a politician, follow the ca uh, Catholic politician, follow the Catholic social teachings of the church. Uh, which ones uh, to emphasize? Uh, there was a mixture of those. Uh, so, but anyway, there's, uh, there's some right there. I, I, I really, really would like to get, a, a, you know, Catholic leaders, you know. I, I know the laity should be able to step up and do all these things and, and don't have to have, you know, the clerics hold their hands every time. But it is nice to have uh, your spiritual leaders out in front of you uh, pointing the way and all that, which were they're you know, ordained to do. So, uh, well, we'll have, to, we'll have to do more with less, I guess, these days. Yep, that's, uh, that's pretty much where we're at. Thanks a lot, Brad. Thanks for, uh, the, for the update. God bless you guys. Uh, talk to you soon and see you next week. Okay, Jesse, take care. All right, brother. Well, you've been listening to the Terry and Jesse show. We, uh, we just had our, uh, our update with Church Bilton, our weekly Wednesday update. And uh, remember, let's keep... Let's keep things in perspective. We are called to be saints. Don't miss the opportunity. Set yourselves apart from this corrupt generation. Be saints. You weren't made to fit in. You were born to stand out. And as St. Peter said in Acts chapter 2 verse 40, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Remember Catholics, live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Pray a rosary every day. Go to Mass as often as possible. We fight for altar and throne to one day be inseparably united under Christ the King forever. See you next time. God bless you. Keep the faith. <laughs>